Welcome to episode 123 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe, co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. 123. One, two, three, baby. That, that was fun. Uh, was it? I'm glad you, I'm glad you enjoyed the, it. The thought came to me as I was saying, like, oh, I should do something with this. That was the grand extent of the bit. Do you want to take it from the top? Yeah. We, we can have more fun next time. We, yeah, really? No. <laughs> You're not here to have fun, Cameron? You're not super not, excited? Not for the next, what is it, 11 weeks? Um, no, after this week, 10. It's 13 episodes. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not here for fun for the next 10 episodes. I feel like this show has forced us to switch personalities. I'm so bitter. Like you every were, time I you get were here. always the high energy one of the two of us and mm-hmm. I was dry as fuck. And now I feel like I have to be the high energy one. I have to bring some sort of enthusiasm yeah, you here. You can't do bad cop, bad cop. You have to do good <laughs> cop, bad cop. I was never born to be the good cop. But I have forced that role you upon you. The- <laughs> you are so upset by Zeta. It's is it, so bad. Is it just because, like, it's personally insulting to you because you love cartoons so much? I think so. To, and you you watch them so regularly to be forced to watch what you dislike? Is it just slowly destroying your soul a little bit? I Yeah, that, that's a pretty good explanation. So, so now you can imagine what it would be like if you forced me to watch anime. I don't think so, because the anime I would pick would be good shows. I did try to watch My Hero Academia, and I couldn't do it. Yes, and now I know your taste. You don't like the classic anime style of humor. So I would give no. you shows that don't fall into that category. Okay, such as? Uh, FMA Brotherhood is a great one. What, Death F- Note. F- FMA? Uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Oh, okay. Uh, an amazing show. Um, so I've heard of Full Metal Alchemist. So. Death Note is super dark. I've actually heard this great. I should watch that at some point. Yes. Um, let's see, non anime that doesn't have comedy. I'd I'd be incredibly. It it, it it can have comedy. Well, yeah, I know. Just that it just not, can't that do like style. the big like hyperbolic like mm-hmm. big bug eyed style thing. Like, okay, then I would be very curious for you to watch an episode of JoJo. There's a show called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure that's been going on since 1988. Okay, uh, it has five iterations now. Oh my and god, and it's what? it's basically uh like anime WWE. Like, okay. it's so over the top to such a level that, like, it pulls in the weirdest crowds. Okay. Uh, Maybe. I'd be curious just to, like, see you watch an episode of that. Okay, I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah. I'm down no, for there, that. I mean, there's, there's plenty of other anime that I can, that I think you would enjoy. We could do a whole series on Cameron Makes Chris Watch Anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> do Ra 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 would be a great one. Do what? Do rah rah rah? Do rah rah rah? Is yeah. it about cheerleaders? No, surprisingly not. There okay, is an anime that, about cheerleaders. That though. feels like the center of your Venn diagram of interests. <laughs> yeah, cheerleading anime. An anime? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I. Oh, I, I don't remember the end. The there was a cheerleading anime that lasted twelve episodes two years ago. Only twelve episodes? Yeah, surprisingly not a big. It was an, it was about an all male all male cheer squad. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was fun. I had to throw that pillow away. That's fine. It was. I'm, I'm trying to get better about not like hitting my couch and pillows and stuff while mm-hmm. we're conversing. So instead, I'm going to eat up time throwing them around the apartment. That's fine. Yes. Uh, no, Do Ra 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 is a uh, is kind of a slice of life anime about a guy who moves into Tokyo. Okay. And dealing with just like typical, not typical, atypical high schoolers in the area. Okay. 
but then one of them is a uh, is a headless motorcycle rider who has a cat helmet. But that's not important. Wait, uh, wait. Why, if he's headless, does he need a cat helmet? Because he doesn't like showing people that he's headless. Or she. She doesn't like showing people that she's headless. How does the helmet stay on? Great question. Usually the answer is magic. Okay. Typically, that's, that's, the, <laughs> that's the go-to answer for everything. Okay. Maybe her head is a hard light construct like Zeta is sometimes. Oh, it's sometimes don't it's not. Don't loop it back. Wait. I was in such a happy place for a minute. <laughs> Crashing back down. Um, well, here, let's, let's at least have a little bit of happy time with some news. Yes, please distract me. Um, did you see that apparently Marvel has been in contact almost nonstop with Keanu Reeves for every single movie they've made so far? Yeah, because they're jumping on the hype train. Keanu is at, like, peak Keanu he right is. now. We're, we're getting, like, full-on memes everywhere. Yeah. Um, like, I saw a great one. It was the, uh, like, the Spider-Man cartoon, the two that pointing at yes. each other. But it's two Keanu. It's like, it's you're like, beautiful. No, you're <laughs> beautiful. You're amazing. No, you're amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, because, I mean, let's see. He just finished Parabellum. He's in Toy Story 4. He was on stage for E3. He just... Call me... Uh, call, oh, no. Always Be My Maybe. Always Be My Maybe, which I finally finished. Oh, yeah? Has a good ending. Okay. I, I will say that. I stopped... Like, I stopped, like, the 30-minute mark left. Uh, so, like, right at the end of Act 2? Yeah. Why would you stop there? Because it, it fell into such tropes. Okay. I'm just like, I've seen all of this now. Yeah. Uh, but, no, it does pick up for the last act. It, okay. It's good. It's worth a watch. Um, um, well, they also, they keep putting out updates for Bill and Ted Face the Music. Yeah. Like, Bill they, they recently announced the casting of the two daughters and the casting of the villain. I, didn't, I don't remember any of the names off the top of my head. I didn't write them down. Mm-hmm. But and, and then I feel like he did some award show recently as well, but he's yeah he and this is all in the span of three months maybe. Oh, I'd say even less than that. It's been like basically since Parabellum came out, there was a big jump in it, and it's been holding yeah. through. It's it's kind of like hey uh, hey Keanu, how about instead of doing press, you just make sure everything you you're doing in the next year. This is. 20 like early 2018 mm-hmm. thing instead of doing press for john wick we're gonna have every project you come out the same week yes so the world can't not see you yeah he's just like the tip of the zeitgeist sword right now yes and i'm all for it because i love me some keanu yeah i know he, he's such a humble kind of guy he is that it's he's a good person to look up to at the moment yeah because he's actually a legitimately good person mm-hmm. so i mean so I guess they've been circling each other for a long time, but uh, the right role hasn't really come along yet or when he's really jumped towards. I, I read that, I guess that's been very similar for Jake Gyllenhaal too, mm-hmm. that it kind of took for the right moment for him to say yes. So given that, what role would you like to see the great Keanu Reeves play in yeah. Marvel? Did you ever see Constantine? I didn't. Neither have I. And I kind of don't want to answer that until I watch Constantine. Okay. I mean, I, I have read the comic upon which is based the mm-hmm. um, Hellblazer comic. I'm pretty sure it's called Dangerous Habits, which I've only I kind of treat it as a one-off because I haven't read any of the rest of the stuff as just a one-off story. Like it is fucking amazing. Okay, because the general idea is that um, Constantine realizes that he's going to die from lung cancer because he's mm-hmm. a, like a, a chronic smoker. So it's him trying to stop that from happening. And the lengths that he'll go to, and it just keeps getting more and more fucked up as you go along, and it's a fantastic story. And I've heard nice. that the the movie adapts elements of it. So, okay, yeah, it's is it on DCIU? Not is it on DCU? I don't 
sponsor this podcast, DC so. Universe. I know. Guys, can you like just like send us some chatter, please? Like we're our whole show is kind of based around your existence. Yeah. Except for this current 13 week period. <laughs> because yeah. we're covering the one show that even you want nothing to do with. It has to be on there, right? Constantine? <clears throat> Not that I've noticed. Okay. I don't think they have any Vertigo stuff on there. Interesting. Because, um, I mean, V Vendetta's not on there. Watchmen's not mm-hmm. on there, I don't think. No, it's not. Yeah, um, they're they're just doing DC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's out there somewhere. Well, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do an episode on it. I have one weird casting opportunity for Keanu. It's not okay. Marvel, though. Okay. How would you feel about him playing Etrigan? Like Jason Blood? Yes. Because he has that timeless look of him uh, about him. I think that could be pretty cool. Yeah. There, I mean, there's that famous painting that looks just like exactly, him. yeah. And I, it's I know I've seen it. I it's at um I'm pretty sure it's at the Legion of Honor in San Francisco. There were some friends, and I would walk by. I'm like, is that Keanu Reeves? I took a photo of it. It's still in my phone. Like, it's fucking Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Um. So I do like that idea of kind of playing up that notion a little bit of this kind of timeless person. I think mm-hmm. I think that could work actually. I think Etrigan. I think he could play a a very weird different um ghost rider kind of the, it's kind of the same character as constantine yeah i think that might be a little bit too nicholas cage like i think because well, that's, that's what we think of well but, I mean, but they're very different actors but they both have this sort of really distinct persona mm-hmm. and there's um kind of a flightiness to his to keanu reeves characters i'm not saying that they're stupid they're usually they're like actually really, really smart yeah um but feel like it could get a little bit too close to that. Okay. Um, what about if he played Mephisto? Mephisto? The devil. Marvel's version of the devil. Okay. Yeah. Mm, just anything that no. keeps him in a suit, really. Yeah, pretty much. That, that's all we're pitching. It's just Keanu Reeves in a suit. What about Doom? Mm. Mm, no, I don't think I like that. I, I just don't know any, like, lesser... Marvel heroes. I know. Off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't either. Not Wolverine. <laughs> I'm on board. Yeah. Again, timeless. Yeah. I don't know, but I would love to hear people's thoughts on that. If you have yeah. a really good MCU Keanu casting, you let us know. Yeah. Um, okay, what else is happening in terms of the world of movie news? Oh, a couple of trailers that I watched. I don't know if you saw them. There was uh, this one we'll weird one called Ready or Not. No. So I found it on Geek Tyrant because usually they'll just put up random kind of like genre trailers and I watched it. So the plot is this woman is marrying into a really wealthy old money family and they made their money doing board games. And so as part of the wedding ceremony, like her initiation to the family is they're going to play a game of hide and seek. Mm -hmm. But if it turns out that if they find her, they'll kill her. Because they think it like they have to kill her to like prevent some sort of like it's like a ritual sacrifice sort of scenario. But if she survives the night, then she's officially part of the family. It looks really really weird, and I'm trying to remember is it Andy McDowell might be in there? Adam Brody. Okay, Adam Brody's in there. Andy McDowell. Like there's some kind of like names. Oh yeah, sorry, it is Andy McDowell. Yeah, yeah. Not big names in there. Um, but it, I just watched the trailer. It looks really weird and quirky and fun and kind of darkly funny. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, it's being pitched as a horror. Yeah. It's like a horror comedy. Uh, so I'll, like, I'll throw it down the show notes. The trailer. Go watch it. It's, it's kind of a weird one. I'm okay. just curious if you've seen it or not. 
Uh, yeah, I'll, you, I'll check that out. Did you watch the latest trailer for The Boys? I did. That show looks so damn it looks fun. It really good. I'm I excited. Mean, it helps that they end it with Spice Girls. Yeah. Because, God damn it, I do love me some Spice Girls. Mm-hmm. But I even love his, his like, motivational speech about how it's like, oh, it's Sporty Spice up to these days. Oh, what? Nothing. That's right. Because she's them, page three, motherfucker. Exactly. You, if you're not a team, you're nothing. It's yeah, like yeah. The, the Teams worst, make page one. It's like the worst motivational speech, and it's coming from Carl Urban, which makes it that much better. But it's also like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. It, it's kind of like, hey, do you like the, do you, are you sad you didn't get the comedian in Watchmen? What if we had five comedians? Yeah. Because the, the idea is that heroes exist in this world, but they're, they're assholes. They're a little bit out of control. It's almost kind of like mystery men in that sense. Of like they're not really held to accountability and they're super pompous, mm-hmm. and so the boys is this team. I mean, they're kind of Suicide Squad esque, but essentially this team that will actually go and put the heroes in their place as needed. Um, and I'm like, yeah, this sounds awesome. Yeah. And every subsequent trailer I've watched for it's got me more and more excited. But I I think it that's that's uh, right after Comic Con, right? So I'm uh, sure. Yeah, it's like I think the 28th so. Twenty eighth or twenty seventh or twenty sixth. That's July. That sounds right. Yeah, so that that's so that's probably going to be the preview because Comic Con is a month away now, less than a month away. Oh my god, that's right. Yeah, so news is going to start. News is going to be very slow for the next probably three weeks, and nothing really nothing's ramp up. Really going to yeah come out until that happens. Uh, but I bet that's going to be the um, the Wednesday night preview is the boys. Oh, probably. I also I'm trying to track it down now. I I feel like it was a uh, something someone posted on the Planet Broadcasting Great Mates group. But it was basically pointing out that Carl Urban is this, like, low-key geek god. Yeah. Because he... I forget his character, but he was in Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Bones in Star Trek. Yep. Great performance as Judge Dredd in Dredd. Mm -hmm. Totally unappreciated comic book movie. You've seen it? No. I own it. It's it's really good. I I know, I know, I know. It's like... The problem is it came out around the same time as The Raid, and it was kind of one of those, like, Armageddon, Deep Impact, Olympus has fallen, White House down Mm -hmm. situations. Well, it was the... it was 2011, right? Uh, or earlier 20, than that? 2012, 2013. Okay. okay, so it yeah, it was right around Avengers coming out. I think I think kind of around there too, and it it had the problem of coming out a very close behind the raid, and so it felt like it was a ripoff. But obviously, they were just developed at the same time, and it's coincidence because yeah. the same idea is that he's like trapped inside this this tower. But it's really really good. So uh, Alex Garland wrote it. Alex Garland, also the writer of Ex Machina. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, did he direct it too? Maybe. I mean, honestly, it's really, really good. Uh, Lena Headey, aka Cersei from Game yeah. of Thrones, is a villain in it too, and she's fantastic. Um, but no, I mean, he had a great turn in that. And then this meme was also pointing out he's like all these other random kind of comic movie roles. Also, apparently, he's dating Katie Sackhoff, who was uh, Starbuck on the Battlestar Galactica reboot. <laughs> so, like, even in real life, yeah, it's like geek icon Carl. Well, because we have we have another podcast idea. That we'll be talking about later. Oh where yeah, he, where we had a, a lengthy conversation. That's where we did. Yeah. Yes. So uh, you'll hear more about him in a bit. Yes. Probably around Comic Con since I won't be here to record. Yes. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll figure that out. We'll figure that out in time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll make that happen. But yeah, I mean, kinda... I'm forcing plans on you on air so you can't. No, I mean, so you can't avoid them unless you just cut this out. Of exactly. The I'm gonna have control of the edit. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! When did I make this? I know. When did I, I find mean, this deal? I mean, yeah, I get final say in all these things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, whatever this was, I'll leave Damn it. Damn you, Spielberg! <laughs> what? Didn't he have final edit? 
I mean, probably, probably. most of the time. Yeah. I mean, wait, okay, very obscure place to go with that, yeah. but sure. I was thinking of directors that like always had final say over the edit. Okay. Yeah, that, that would have been. Matt and Trey, Stone Parker. Matt Parker at Trey Stone? Yep. Okay. All right. Let's let, let's just move on here. I think you've talked yourself into a hole. Um, oh, I did have a, a bit of Endgame box office update here. Yeah, they're really they're really fighting. So, so recently Marvel came out and said they're going to re-release the film in theaters with extra footage. Now, mind you, that extra footage is going to be like I think a couple deleted scenes and probably a Far From Home tease, and it's all going to happen like after the credits. It's not part of the actual. Oh, that's dumb. It's not woven into the movie. They're not going to recut the movie. So I can just buy a ticket, wait three hours and then walk in i think so yeah basically but i mean people are are kind of suggesting that this is essentially just a way oh 100 percent, it is yeah and they're they're what like 20 million off like they're close yeah they're closing in on avatar so basically the article right today was saying that um people seem to forget that with avatar it had its own re-release called avatar special edition which had additional nine minutes of footage and netted an additional 33 million Mm -hmm. right which is pretty crazy to think about it. 33 million for just nine minutes of footage. Do you remember the craze around people were killing themselves after that movie because they were so, no, that was Inception. Never mind. Remember people killed themselves after Inception because they, they nope. thought, yeah, there was like, there was like three or four articles about that. Cause they thought they were inside a dream. Yeah. Fucking idiots. Right. I mean, I don't want to say, you know, Darwinism at its finest. I mean, we have so many systems in place now. The, limit proper darwinism that i'm glad that it still manifests itself in a few ways here Mm -hmm. and there i just learned about um oh god uh the balloon guy what's his name in 19 in the 1980s there was a guy uh they just did it on drunk history lawnmower larry or something like that oh lawn chair larry lawn chair larry this sounds familiar Yeah, yeah yeah in the early 80s uh he tied a bunch of weather balloons to a lawn chair because he wanted to fly, he he couldn't. He had uh, something wrong with his eyes, so he could never be a pilot. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't going to stop him from flying. So he attached a bunch of weather balloons to a lawn chair, had a BB gun in his lap, uh, and he just wanted. He was going to fly. I don't remember where he was going, but he he had like a set uh, place in mind. Yeah. The problem is weather balloons just go straight up. Yeah, they keep going. Yeah. So he made. Uh, but they don't say in. Um, in the drunk history thing, which I saw on another, because I was very interested. I watched a bunch of videos about him. Uh, he he had vision problems. He lost his glasses in the first 30 feet of ascension. How? Uh, <laughs> they were sitting on his lap, and he just, like, jostled, and they fell. Uh, okay, lawn chair Larry sounded pretty dumb. Oh, he's so dumb. There's also a whole movie about it, and it's so funny. What? Yeah, it came out in, in like, 2003 or four. Uh, look up Lawn Chair Larry movie because it also has another dumb name like that. And and the the female oh it's a uh, Aunt Zelda from the newest Sabrina story she plays the love interest Danny Deckchair yes Danny Deckchair um, yeah so he wait he's, wait this is it's based Re- off a real story Risa Fons is in it Miranda Otto yeah, yeah that's yeah, what yeah. you're thinking of what yeah so so the guy makes it to a certain height he's he's on level with airplanes, he's floating up in this lawn chair by himself. Uh, he told his his girlfriend and his brother in law uh, to call the uh, the airport traffic 
be like, hey, I'm going to be flying in this airspace. Don't send any planes. Uh, they didn't call. So he almost got hit by a plane. And he has a BB gun in his lap. So when he needs to start descending, uh, he can. So he shoots down two balloons uh, and drops the BB gun. <laughs> I, I do love that they've changed it to be Australian. Yeah. Which I think makes that whole story better. I also feel like he, that idea sounds like something in Australia. It, oh, very much so. Would do. I'm kind of sad that wasn't the original case. No, it's American. I'm through and through. God damn it. Okay, guys. Well, go go watch Danny Deck Chair. Yeah. Or or just the junk history version of uh, Lawn Chair Larry. Because <laughs> um, Colin Hanks plays plays the titular character oh my god i love colin hanks so much and he's he's so on board with drunk history he's this is probably his seventh or eighth main yeah. character did you ever watch the show the uh the good guys it no. ran for one season i'm pretty sure on fox so it's he plays a i think it's dallas like detective Mm-hmm. who is very much well, kind of uptight by the book Straight Lace, and his partner is played by Bradley Whitford. How is that again? Uh, so a lot of people know him as the bad guy from Billy Madison. But oh, he, he also... I just started West Wing. Okay, yeah, I mean, he's in the yeah, West yeah. Wing. I mean, I mean, like, it's... That's a he, fucking he, great he, pilot. Holy shit. I have actually never seen any of the go watch it. Wow, that pilot is perfection. I mean, it's Aaron Sorkin. Uh, yeah. Like, Aaron Sorkin... Crazy, coked out, insane person, but a brilliant fucking writer. I, I don't think I've ever seen a pilot that perfect before. Okay. All right. Well, guys, go watch. Yeah. Go watch The West Wing, too. But uh, and also go watch the show, The Good Guys. I'm not sure if it's on Netflix anymore. That's where I watch it. But it ran for one season. It's so, so funny because Bradley Woodford's character is this, like, kind of, like, old-fashioned, like, 1970s mustache, like, drives around, and I think it's, like, a Trans Am sort of, like old-fashioned kind of cop yeah and it i mean it's a typical plot setup but it's honestly really really funny is that what the movie is based off of it's not really the other guys is there a thing of no um there's a movie called the good guys yeah wasn't that um shane black directed uh ryan gosling and oh um was uh, that for the good guys was the show called something else then have i confused myself yeah because Okay, The Good Guys is the TV show, but it's not the it's not the movie. The Nice Guys is what I'm thinking of. Damn it! Yeah, so, those the so other close. guys and so the close. nice the guys. other guys, yeah. the nice guys, the good guys. Yeah, the cable guy. Yeah, yeah. I feel like these are all just people in Boston. Pretty much. Yeah, or Dallas. Or one hey, of those hey, now, I'm from Dallas. Yeah, that's what the good guys is set. I know. It's based off my life. I was, you're the crazy, reckless, out of control, loose cannon cop. Oh, you know me. <laughs> oh, does that make me call Hanks? Sure. I'll take it. <laughs> Loved calling Hanks. Yes. Um, I don't know. What are the, you got any other news? Uh, did you see the very, very short bit of news? Uh, the petition uh, that the the crazy religious groups are trying to get oh, good omens off of Netflix. Yes. Yes. Not realizing the, that there's a Christian group petitioning. Netflix to pull off the air Good Omens, mm-hmm. even though it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. And Amazon tweeted at Netflix, like, hey, uh, we'll pull off Stranger Things if you pull off Good Omens. 
Yes. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't you love it when corporations have little inside jokes together like that? I do. Yeah, it's almost like they're people. It's uh, especially when I know how many layers of people it has to go through before it gets yeah, right. How many levels posted. of approval? Yeah. Yeah. The legal team between Amazon and Netflix already had a week long exchange before they get the approval. Oh, I'm I'm sure because that was I think a day later, and I'm sure they saw that tweet and immediately went went in to yeah to tweet <clears throat> yeah the pr and, department was on it <clears throat> yeah and it took a full day to get just the the level of approvals needed oh but it's a beautiful thing isn't it corporate synergy yeah oh the future looks bright guys oh it's so bright uh it certainly looks brighter than the future of zeta project oh, let's let's do it look, i did have look one, at that fourth segue right there I, I had one sparkle of joy when watching this episode because i didn't realize it last week but the voice of Bucky, at least for season one, because we found out he's in a lot of episodes. favorite boys coming back for season two. Um, Bucky's voiced by Twister from Rocket Power. Yes. And, and we, we talked about this. That, that's a show that we both really love, but has no connection to anything else we talk about. So we've never been able to make a good tangent towards Rocket Power. Yeah, it's, it's one of the few Nicktoons we've never really covered. Cause we've talked about basically everything else. <clears throat> Mm, but there's I mean, a lot we have. I mean, to be fair, you and I find a way to talk about tangents that have nothing yeah. to do with anything else. We just had a five minute conversation about fucking lawn chair Larry. Yes. Like, <laughs> I, I had I got to push uh what is it, Angela Anaconda this morning at work. What the sweet hell is that? Angela Anaconda was a show that came out in I wanna say 1998, 1999, uh, parallel to Kablam, uh, that had a very, very, very specific art style. Um, oh yeah 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 it like, almost looks south park ass yes yeah yes. so it's it's um a human face black and white face and then almost um like, like uh <clears throat> what's the word uh like construction paper clippings yeah. for the rest of her body it was a very weird show but a beautiful art style why were you talking about this uh we were we were sharing uh personal art across um across the company this morning and one of the guys is like, hey, I'm practicing this new style where it was a very grayscale character with bright colors of, yeah, bright patches of color around it. And, and I'm like, oh, it's Angela Anaconda. And did anyone else know that reference? Uh, he did. Well, no one else in the company no, well, did. Well, hey, at least he got it. Yeah. At least he had one. That's all you need is one. I just need one. Right? Yeah. It's like I have a friend back home, uh, Daniel. I don't think he listens to this, but if he does, Daniel, hello, love you. Uh, but I love it because he and my other friend, Alec, like those two always get most obscure references. Mm-hmm. Like Daniel's in my phone is a picture of Phyllis Diller. Cause I once made a Phyllis Diller joke and he was the only person in the room that got it. Good. Sometimes just that one, you just need the just one. Need the one. Yeah. I'm still waiting for someone to, so I can talk super duper sumos with. I'm not taking the bait. <laughs> But Cameron, what's super duper I'm sumos? Do, I've already done that, like, I've done that like three times already this episode. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm, I've already, forc- I'm forcing you to talk about fucking Zeta, all right? That's fine. I've already talked about super duper sumos on this podcast. I'm sure you have. Uh, also, I'm so it's funny. You, you mentioned like Bucky and how this episode starts off. My first note was this shit again. Yes. Although I have to admit, I liked this episode. Mm. Like this is... How dare you? The only episode that I think I can genuinely say I've enjoyed so far of this show. Like, I, I think this is on par with like a like third tier Superman episode. Yes, I would agree with that. Like there's actual stakes, actual fun stuff's going on. Okay, so mm-hmm. to, to explain real quick. So this episode, yeah, like Bucky's back. He's being a little shit again. Yeah, Dr. Tanner's gone. Yes. 
uh, and replaced by some other random person who I don't know if they even have a name. They don't name her. But Bucky's bored, so he starts browsing the net, and he's checking his his usual sites, one of which is just the NSA. Yeah. And while he's there, he discovers that there's a new version of Zeta, a new infiltration robot called the IU-7. Mm-hmm. And so he decides, oh, I'm going to go, like, control that robot, like, go steal that robot, control it, so I can, you know, show everyone else who I work with that I'm supposed to be taken seriously. Yes, because he so, clearly did not learn a single lesson from the did, last episode. Didn't learn a single thing from last time. And also, he's even more of a sociopath. Yes. Like, he is actively... Because he saw he could, get, he could get away with it. Yeah, because last time, his goal was to basically prove that Dr. Tanner was a fraud. Yes, he had motive. Yeah, and at least that's like... I'm not going to call that noble intent, but it's not malicious intent. This time, he wants to go get a killer robot to try and prove that he's... Like, the smartest. Like worthy of respect. Yes. So he's a fucking psychopath. Yes. So he, he decides he's going to do that at the same time that while Zeta's plugged into a well, Zeta's internet cafe. also hacking the NSA. Yeah, he's just, like, casually hacking the NSA on an internet cafe computer. Here's my thing. This is a quick, quick little bump. It's gonna, I'm going to have a lot of these in this episode. Please, please. Uh, I understand that Zeta can can hack the NSA. That's fine. Because mm-hmm. he's he's he was built by them. He has all the access codes, blah, 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 blah. Yes, yes, yes. At least for Bucky, have like have them be a branch of the NSA. Like make it so like a government think tank <clears throat> sort of thing. Yes. So when he's he's quote unquote hacking them so easily uh-huh. where he just has the fucking saved password of having he, like, he just has it on autofill. Yeah, that's honestly what it felt like. Also, hang on. I need to try to retrieve my coaster. Okay. I, I'm now just like stuck with this very drippy water cup. All right, I'll, I'll keep talking. Please, please do. Just <clears throat> fill, fill the time. Fill the space. Um, yeah, I, I think it would make a lot more sense if Bucky was just yeah. like worked oh, yeah. for the government already as, you know, very, very low tier. And so then it made it would make a lot more sense when he can just casually hack in because he's yeah. already part of it. Yeah. Uh, more importantly, I got my coaster back. I'm just, glad. Yeah. Yes. You did not do that quietly. <laughs> Why bother? Again, I control the edit. You control the and edit. I'm lazy. And you got you get to be the one that has to try and cut that out. I know. Um, but no, I, I I agree with you. That would make more sense if that's what he was a branch of. Because also, it would fit within this world. Because as we well established, everyone in Zeta is terrible at their job. Yes. So it to was such a. I mean, that's the whole plot of the next episode. Yes. And it's that. We're well, going to get to it. We'll get to it. But oh, so, man. So while Zeta is hacking into the NSA, he discovers the same thing. There's this other infiltration unit mm-hmm. and that it is going down to a place called San Palago. Yes. To kill a man called Roland de Flores, a.k.a. Also the Merchant of Death. The Merchant of Death. Yes. Is that the most overused tagline? Um, I mean, according to Tony Stark, it's not bad. Yeah. So might as well go for it. Mm-hmm. But he basically he decides, Zeta decides he's got to save this guy, even though he's an arms dealer. Yeah. Cause he's just going to have himself, he's going to have him turn himself in. Yeah. Which out, is, of, out of the compassion of his heart, he's, he's going to find the error of his ways, which is, which is a little bit silly, but basically he and Roe are going to take a flight, but Bucky has blocked their tickets. Oh, God, so yeah. he basically convinced them like you bring me along so I can try and capture this robot, and I will let you guys get on the plane. So they say yes, and they immediately steal his controller, so he can't do anything. Hey, Ro, what do you know? You can just grab the fucking you thing just from grab his it hand, from him, right? 
I'm glad, uh, you know, I'm glad we're seeing some character development, Chris. We are. So she learns. He doesn't, but yes, she learns. She learns that she can overpower a seven-year-old. Yeah. I'm so proud of her. Well, because he has that, I'm not going to call it a great moment, but it was a clever little play on words. He's like, oh, there's so many concepts you can't grasp. She's like, oh, really? Well, I can grasp this. And she just steals it away from him. Finally, mm-hmm. she learned. Yes. About <laughs> fucking time. But so they, they go there. Zeta melts Bucky's shoes to mm-hmm. the, to the, deck. the pier that yeah. they, they land on. Um, eventually, he just like breaks through and comes and finds them. Why didn't they take the shoes off? Yeah, that also would have worked as well. But then you don't get that. He's the- a fucking genius, Chris. They play up his his geniusness to such a degree in his two appearances so okay, far. Well, as we've established in this universe, college is so inaccessible that everyone is dumber. Is this does this exist in the same universe as Idiocracy? I was just gonna say that. Okay, I was just gonna say that. <laughs> I think. I mean, yeah, I think this is a precursor because Idiocracy is set like what a few hundred years in the future yeah yeah so this is just on its way there mm-hmm. this is a transitionary phase it's a very quick transition yeah it's, it's a steep steep decline yeah but also let's be honest given they plateaued the, pretty quick given the level of stupidity we're seeing now it's not unreasonable to think that 20 years down the line we're gonna have situations like this yeah it's we're we're well on our way oh my god but so they they're in San Poblano and Zeta very clumsily breaks into the place and goes to Flores. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, turn yourself in. Dead. He's like, nah, I'm cool, brah. Let's yeah, not like, do that. Like, Why would I? Uh, I'm a fucking arms dealer. Yeah, honestly, like, but why would he like what yeah. reason does he have to do that? He's living in a, well, frankly, pretty, pretty small place, pretty Spartan like it, it honestly looks like island. a fortified farm. Like I thought this was going to be like the end of bad boys too. And they go down to Cuba and they go to that just massive fucking mansion. Like that's what I was expecting. Yeah. That's not this at all. No, it's so tiny. It's almost like they forgot to draw the house and just drew like the, the side houses. Yeah. It's basically just a, a series of like guard sheds. Yes. It's very unimpressive. I mean, what well, I think what happened there is that Flores spent all of his money on security robots that we never see again. Right. Uh, and then also hover yachts, which apparently is a thing that exists in this world because Bucky tracks this guy by looking for shipments to that island. Yeah. Because well, I think they just, I think most of this episode, they forgot that it's the future. Yes. Uh, and then they're like, oh, fuck, how do we make this sound futuristic? Uh, it, it, it floats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah, you go. Yeah, it's a hover yacht. It's a hu- like, oh, Flores yeah, doesn't yeah, even yeah. have a hover yacht. No. He's got just a normal boring yacht. What's even the point? I know. Like, that's not even a status symbol at that point. You know? Maybe, here's, about, here's my... It's basically a dinghy. Here, here's my idea. Uh, right before they get there, Flores is very distraught because he just had a horrible breakup with his ex. Okay. Yes, his, his ex-wife took everything from him. Except for their daughter. Except for the daughter. Well, that's where she's going. The daughter's going to their mother's place. Oh, okay. And so she has the super nice villa that's just out of frame. She's got the super nice <laughs> villa. She's got all the hover yachts, all the all the nice things. And he's still like, he still, he still has to make all the money. Uh, and so he's still like, he, he's basically staying in the, uh, in the servants' quarters. Yeah. So in other words, Flores... And his ex-wife have a sitcom scenario going on here. Yes. Where she took a vast majority of his money in the divorce. Mm-hmm. 
He did not sign a he did not sign a prenup of well, any not, kind. Well, not only did he not sign a prenup, but she basically just blackmailed him into giving up everything. She's yeah. like, look, if we really want to make a legal stink about this, everyone will find out what you're doing. So I'm gonna steal this money. I'm gonna build this massive fucking compound in San Poblano next to your tiny little shed. Mm-hmm. Is it Poblano? Whatever it is. Yeah. Next to your no, tiny no, little they, shed. That that was their house before. It's oh, not that she okay. built it. It was that was where she he was took living. the house, and yes. now he's just living in like the guard sheds off the side. Mm-hmm. And I bet she's the one that put his name, like, told the the government where he is mm-hmm. to send the robot. Because uh, she wants the robot. She like, she's yes, she's she so hired. petty. She's <laughs> like, I'm not taking 99%. I'm taking fucking 100% of your money. You're not taking a fucking shed. That's mine. Yeah. Also, he's he's kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. So, you know, I think he deserves this. Are you surprised he's an arms dealer? I mean, sometimes arms dealers can be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Lord of War? I will. I was just about to bring that up. That's a great film. That's all right. It's a great film. I mm. what? I was, I, it wasn't for me. What? I know. Mm. I'm sorry. You have terrible taste. It's well established, though. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, but then so the Zeta breaks in, and then the IU seven breaks in in a more effective manner. A fight ensues. Uh, it seems like IU seven is. Oh my god! Dis- this is this dis- is one of the things. The episode ended. The episode is over, and they're like, oh, shit, we still have five more minutes to fill. Yeah. Uh, Bucky fucks up. Yeah, that's true, because they, they succeed. They basically stop the assassination from happening, and then Bucky decides he... To turn him back on. Yes. Because the robot's down. Yeah. The robot's down and out. And Bucky's like, no, I still want it. I still need this so thing. So he turns it back on uh, and does not have control over him with his stupid toy. No. Uh, and so then another fight ensues. But then he's able to gain control of a giant crane. Yeah. And then it seems like IU-7 is destroyed by because he crashes into a bunch of crates labeled explosives. Yes. Just in case you couldn't figure out what was happening. Uh, but don't worry. He's still alive. Mm-hmm. And now his programming's messed up and he thinks that Zeta is his target. Wow. So now we got a nice Terminator scenario happening here. Yeah. With robot hunting robot. You know what really makes me miss hmm. old Archer? Oh, with Barry? Yeah, this feels yeah. very much like a like a like a E tier Barry. Yeah. Have you have you watched no. the new season? I haven't watched it yet. Either. I'm like four seasons back on Archer. I'm gonna be honest. The yeah. last episode I saw was him getting shot in the pool. Oh, I'm that okay. far back. Yes, that was the pilot of um, the noir season. Mm-hmm. No, was that no? Sorry, no. The noir season happened. After that, this was that this was is LA season. Yeah, it was after Vice. They did a season down in LA, mm-hmm. and yeah, that opens up with uh, that homage to Sunset Boulevard with him in the pool. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I'm. Thinking and then of, yeah. since then, he's been in a coma, and it, like every one of them has been a dream sequence. So first it was Dreamland, which was like the 1940s set LA one, and then there was uh, Danger Island, which actually had had this moment. It was mm-hmm. kind of fun, and this new one is kind of riffing on Alien and Space 1999 and okay. stuff like that. I don't know it's entertaining. I mean, the, it's still a fun show. It's not at its peak. Yeah. But it's still entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Better than this. It is better than this. Um, okay, but, you know, again, we, we try and find things to talk about other than just how shitty the show is. So I've been trying to compile a list of the things we've learned mm-hmm. about this universe, about this future. Everyone's so dumb. One, everyone's super dumb. Um, we learned that there's a thing called Ultra Jazz which was being advertised in the background of the internet cafe. Okay, I missed that. What do you think Ultra Jazz is? 
Uh, it's it's a rival genre to to jizz music from Star Wars. Yes. So for those of you that don't know, the Cantina Band from A New Hope, mm-hmm. uh, the one's like that thing. Yeah, I don't. Can you? I don't know. I don't know yet. Oh no, I got it. That one. I have no musical talent. Neither do I. Um, but that musical genre is called jizz. Yes. And it's specialized by fingering Dan and the modal nodes. Yes. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The things I know about Star Wars. I, I had just looked it up on Saturday. Because <laughs> uh, we didn't get into the cantina, which was very upsetting. Oh. But it's probably for the best with the group I was with. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wait, you've been in the cantina, what, three times? Just once. Just once? Yeah. Oh, man. I've made it in. Saturday was was messy. Yeah. In Star Wars. Star Wars Land is officially open for anyone in uh, the western side of America, if you want to take the trek over. Well, I mean, anywhere in the world you can make the trek over. I guess that's true. Yeah. Uh, but don't get in my way. <laughs> that is a genuine threat. <laughs> I will run you over. Actually, he will. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. Yes, Star Wars Land is open, and everyone should go check it out because it's it's fucking amazing. It is. It's it's absolutely spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I think Ultra Jazz. Yeah, it's like um, yeah, just like super synthy. Yeah, it's it's uh, they brought back the contents of Kenny G. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it's just like the next level of of his of smooth jazz. I I saw this. Uh, this great meme. Robot Kenny G. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Does the robot still have the crazy hair? Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's not hair. It's it's all just like um what's what's the uh it's all just like springs. Oh my god, just coiled springs. Yeah. I mean that that that's kinda like that movie Robots. The 2004 uh Dreamworks one? Yeah. Yeah, like they, they, yeah, they gave their characters like I think didn't even the Rob Williams character have like a wig on at some point and it was made of springs. I I honestly don't remember a single thing about that movie. How could you not remember? Except any- when when he wakes up and they they have like uh like they they fly through the city in in balls, right? That are just launched to like launched from base to base. Yeah, like yeah. they're just like spring. Yeah, it's like the and it's you know like the those like sp- spiral. Metal yeah, ball yeah, 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 yeah. Things super popular at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's all. That's my entire memory of that movie. I was trying to I was trying to track it down, but I, I someone sent me something recently, and I, I'm pretty sure it was the um, the the changed my mind guy. Yeah, and it was uh, jazz is just an excuse for people to play the wrong note. Yeah, <laughs> changed my mind. But so we have ultra well, jazz. I found, I found out who that guy is, and apparently he's just a big old asshole. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Mm. He's the guy that got in a fight with the Vox guy. Recently. Oh, it's that, it's that guy? Yeah. And that kind of ruined that meme a little bit. <sighs> Fuck. Yeah. God yeah. It. God. Uh, mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't use that meme anymore. Mm-hmm. I haven't really used it, but I can't support it anymore. One of his videos popped up on my recommended, and I was very offended. As you should be. Mm-hmm. It just goes to show what a terrible YouTube algorithm. They yeah. Have. Uh, okay, but so we have Ultra Jazz. Um, we learned a lot about how air travel works in this future. Yeah, it's it's no different than it is now. 
No, it's very different than it is now. Because it's basically the way it was back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Like, this is air travel pre-9-11. Oh, and I, I meant I meant in the fact of, like, um, everyone gets really mad very easily. Well, there's that. Uh, and the people at the counters. I mean, I, I will say, most of the time when I'm in an airport, the person working the counter uh, is, is very nice. Yeah, very helpful, very mm-hmm. lovely. It's usually the customers that are the worst part of the whole thing. That's very true. And that's that's the situation of this one as well. Yeah. The but lady's just trying to do her best. She's just trying to do her and job. And just immediately, and 30 seconds. is fucking with her system. Yeah. And within 30 seconds of them standing in line, a mob forms. Well, you know how that happens. Everyone just, you know, shows at the same time. I was going to say, that is actually pretty realistic for LAX. Yeah. Like, you, you could be the only one in line and then turn around 20 <laughs> seconds later and see 45 people. Yeah. Because LAX is the worst. It's the worst. But, so, yeah, I mean, this is still... Pre 9-11 airport system, right? So yes. like you can walk up to the gate and buy a ticket and then try and buy a ticket the day of um, without really needing a reservation. Um, you can also tell it's pre 9-11 because someone is completely fucking with their system and there is no sort of like big security panic. threat protocol yeah. or panic going on. No one's worried at all the airlines getting sabotaged. Also, we learned that there's a thing called Moose Air which is clearly the future version of Air Canada. Yes. And I am here for it. Mm-hmm. Have you flown Air Canada? I, I haven't, actually. Have you? I think so. No, I've, I've flown Alaska. I've never flown Air okay. Canada. Okay. I've never been to Canada. Neither have I. Never been to Canada. Never been to Mexico. Really? I've been to no. Mexico. Yeah. My first time out of the country was actually Australia. It's a good one to go to. It was a great way to go, but it's like the first time I go out of the country, it's the opposite side of the world, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, you're never going to have a flight as long, so you Kind of got that set. That is true. That is still the longest flight I've ever been on. That's a 14-hour flight. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done two 11-hour flights back-to-back, which is heinous. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but that's neither here nor there. That's yet another tangent. Uh, and we've already covered hovered yachts. So Yes. But there were a couple noteworthy things I found about this episode, though. Okay. What, what, what are your noteworthy things? Did you recognize the voice of the Merchant of Death? No. Well, as someone who has only seen Phantasm once. Once? Twice. 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 You would be less likely to recognize the voice actor, just the general actor, Stacey Keach, the voice of Carl Beaumont, a.k.a. Okay. Phantasm. Yes. That's the, it. It's, just, it's Stacey Keach. Okay. He's back. Nice. Yes. Big downgrade from previous <laughs> roles. Yeah. Uh, the other note with the thing, this episode didn't have that weird little tag at the end. It didn't. I, I did notice that. And I thought maybe that this was the beginning of the end for that, as, oh, as Maddie had told wish. us was going to happen. But maybe it actually does hold off till season two because we get another one in the next episode. Yes. So, Okay. Now, I have a question for you. Yes. And then I want to talk about how I would make this episode better. Okay. You know what? Yeah. No, no. Ask a question first. Okay. We have two infiltration robots here. Mm-hmm. We have Zeta. We have IU-7. Based on what we've learned about each of them so far... Why do they have different naming conventions? That's that, a great question, Chris. That, that, <laughs> but all, well, I mean, Zeta's the last one. Yeah. Actually, that's not true, because Zeta is the fifth. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta, Zeta, Eta, Theta, Iota, Kappa, Lambda, Mu, Nu, Xi, Omicron, Pi, Rho, Sigma, Tau, Upsilon, Psi, no, Phi, Chi, Psi, Omega. Sure. You Greek piece of shit. I, yeah, I was in a fraternity. You frat asshole. <laughs> I was in a business fraternity that barely even counts mm, as a counts. real fraternity. Mm, still counts. Our version of hazing was having to do fundraising. Yeah, it still counts. I mean, it was basically just a, a, a drinking club where we also wore business like attire and suits, but we never actually wore suits. I was very disappointed in the whole thing. Well, yeah. 
But I, I, I did technically live in a frat house for two years. Yes. But I ruined the frat, frat house hole. element of it by basically refusing to ever let the fraternity come over and party at the house. And all I ever did was have my nerdy engineer and business school friends come over and we play beer pong in the in garage. What is your question about this episode? Right. That was the thing. <laughs> um, who's a, who's a better infiltration robot? Based on what we've learned, who do you think is better at their oh, quote Zeta, unquote job? Oh, Zeta, 100%. I disagree. Do you? Yes. <clears throat> because uh, he got caught, I-07 got caught immediately. Yes. But Zeta had to ask random strangers how to find this guy. Because he didn't have... So did the robot. The, no, the, the robot breaks out of the shed and goes, hey, where is so-and-so? He has the fucking power of the government behind him still. Yeah, but he like... he does. It's the same thing. He, he asks the same he, guy. He threatens, though. Yeah. But we know that Zeta is doing his best to be a pacifist. Okay, I'm going to admit, when I made that note, I forgot that scene where yeah, IU7... I specifically <laughs> put a note in that IO7, who already has his programming, do they only program him to go that far? I mean, both of them have terrible programming. Yes. Okay, I mean, IU7 does have things working against him. He's much bigger, but yet somehow still is able to disguise himself right. as like children. Um, he does have more weapons. Mm-hmm. Well, Zeta got rid of all of his. This is true. Damn it. Okay. Um, so this this actually leads into my what I how I would change the episode. Okay. Uh, to add more conflict between the two between the two robots, don't make IO something seven the new IU seven IU seven. Don't make mm-hmm. him the new model. Make him the previous model with upgrades. And since you have a robot that kind of has a conscience, um, so he'd be Delta. Sure. Yeah. Um, so now he's the former model. Now he has to prove himself better than Zeta. But, okay, so... He, so he, he was a former model, got all the upgrades to, mat, to quote-unquote, be better than Zeta. That's what, they, that's what the government told the robot. Yeah. Is you will now be better than him. Okay, I kind of like this idea, because I like the idea of a, a robot... And he also looks... Because Zeta looks so sleek. That's which true. Which is very... It hurts me to say that. Yeah. Because Zeta is an ugly motherfucker. Well, I mean, we, this is kind of a... It's like, what is it? Ed 209 Robocop situation going yes. on here? Sure. You've never seen Robocop? Very, very, very long time ago. Okay, but do you remember, like, the big... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big walker-looking thing? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's called Ed 209. Ed 209? Oh my god! How is that joke? I've never. Damn it! <laughs> They're right there in front of me. It's it's that fruit that that's that, so low that hanging. Low hanging fruit. Even it's just I, on the other side of the tree. You just couldn't see oh, it. Oh god! Damn it! Other it, side of the trunk. I'm you. Know, I'm always so sad when I miss <laughs> a really good bit of low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh so yeah. So the so ashamed of myself. IU seven looks so bulky. Does not look like the latest model. No, it does, and definitely mm-hmm. the older model. But okay, I I like this idea. Yeah. Because I like if they address the idea that a robot had to develop an ego. Mm-hmm. And they could even call it out. And Rogue could be like, it's a robot. How could he have an ego? And Zeta says, well, you know, I mean, I have guilt and I have sympathy. Yeah. And we are programmed to understand humans. As a consequence of our programming, we start to develop these like complex so, like, conflicting emotions, like guilt, like ego, like all these other sort of right. stuff. And it also makes sense because we know the the guy who built Zeta doesn't work for the government anymore. That's so true. So how could they have a new model? Yeah. Especially because no one in this universe has a brain. Yes. Except for Dr. Zelig. Yeah. Except still, for the... Yeah. We still haven't met. He's a ghost, yes. apparently. Um, so it makes so much more sense if this was the, the model before him, 
Zelig's first prototype. Okay. I I concur. Mm-hmm. I think that would have made a much more interesting episode. Kind of a, a bit of an experiment 625, experiment 626. Exactly. Going experiment on. 625, 626. But 625, that doesn't really work because 625 is the sandwich making one. Right. Yeah. And uh, what's the, the pink one? Angel 64. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I was legitimately trying to figure that out because, oh, I mean, yet another tangent. Okay. Because I was, I was at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Uh, this last, last Monday, you unfortunately were not able to join, but we were down there again for more Star Wars land and we were walking around, uh, Tomorrowland and in one of the stores, they had a whole bunch of stitch stuff, including Angel. Yes. And I said, I made a comment like, oh, I think is Angel the most prolific character to come from one of the TV shows. In, in what sense? In Disney. Like, cause you see like anytime there's a stitch thing, there's almost always an Angel thing. Obviously they want to have like. You know, the, the guy-girl situation going on there. They yeah. have stuff for the girls and stuff for the guys and, and the boys and girls for every store. But she's pretty prolific. And a lot of the stuff that starts out on the Disney animated series never makes it a little more mainstream like that. She's the only, she's in two episodes of the cartoon. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, and she blew up in popularity. Yeah. They never made a movie about her. There's no Leroy stuff. There's no Leroy and Stitch stuff. Leroy was Experiment 628. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a whole movie. Okay. But I mean, am I right? Is she like the most, one of the most prolific for, would, like, for yeah. coming for a TV show and having such limited screen time? Is she one of the most prolific characters? Like, I would, I would think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we don't see any like Jacques or Gus Gus stuff from Cinderella, the two mice. Super but, cute. But they're in the movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, on Okay. Then we'll, we'll go with that. We don't see anything with uh, Ariel's daughter. Yeah, well, of course not. It's Ariel's daughter. Mm-hmm. Shit. Who cares? Um, or any of the other experiments who are so much cooler. Well, yeah, but like, again, that, like, you know, Disney still really loves to stick to their gender binary perspective. That's very true. You know what would be really cool if they did? I'm mm-hmm. surprised I didn't see this in Japan. I guess it's been too long since the show's been out. Because uh, Japan loves their, uh, what are the capsule toys? Okay, yeah. Um, if, like the little Kinder eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if if they just put in like a capsule machine that would just spit out you know tiny versions of the other experiments. It's probably too niche. I yeah now it is for sure. I think even then it probably would have been a bit too niche. Well, I think if if the Stitch Ride was were still up, I think that would have been fine. Oh, there was a sti- there was a Stitch Ride at uh, Disney World, <clears throat> Magic Kingdom. It was like it was like a show in Tomorrowland. I never got to see it because it it shut down. <laughs> Uh, like a month before I got to uh, Disney World last year. I think I did see it. Mm-hmm. Stitch's Great Escape. Yeah, cause I, I seem to recall an animatronic Stitch rising up into his little chamber. Yeah. I don't remember much about it, though. Uh, I heard it was bad. I don't remember. I heard it was real bad. Well, it's a, it's a fun pseudo memory I just had there. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on this, or should we move on to Westbound? Oh, I have so many more thoughts on this. Let me see. Uh, yeah, Hacking the Government. Other infiltration units. Look at look at you, Ro. You learned something. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much everything I got. All right. Oh, the government. That that that's one of my things. Is uh, Flores it did uh, not Flores uh, De Flore or whatever whatever his name is. Did, yeah, De Flores. Yeah, uh, is totally nonchalant when the government is trying to kill him. But when he loses his stash, he's like, oh shit, my buyers want to kill me now. Well, who's a super more serious threat? <laughs> Probably the people, I mean, you know, he might be selling the stuff to the government. We don't know. That's true. And everyone's incompetent. Yeah. So that's right. The government especially is particularly incompetent, mm-hmm. as we will see 
in this next episode. In this next God, episode. I, I just oh. don't want to talk about this one. This, I think this might segue. be the worst one so Look, far. It's pretty bad. The 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 crux of the episode is Zeta. How Ro, dumb can we make West look? West is pretty fucking stupid, admittedly. And so Ro and Zeta are hiding out. They're discovered by Bennett. They escape via train, and West gets on the train with them. But mm-hmm. he very quickly loses his like robot detector, synthoid detector goggles, mm-hmm. and he's determined to bring Zeta in himself. And so he goes around the train doing the poke test, essentially, to try and track them down. Now, this is further complicated by the fact that uh, the energy couplings, whatever the fuck they are, that power the train disrupt zeta's yeah. optical they think and of the magnets sensors. from from uh black panther all the the train magnets yes it's very yeah, similar it's to that yeah that. and so basically what happens anytime they pass under one he projects a hologram of the last thing that he yeah. saw auto transforms yes exactly um and while that's going on bennett and the rest of the team are chasing after them in an even bigger more conspicuous ship than the one they're normally in mm-hmm. um and basically, like, they're catching up with the train. West thinks he's caught Zeta. Uh, oh, he did catch Zeta. That's true, he did catch and him. And then he trips on a fucking chair. Yes. Falls on the bed. and it, well, uh, Yeah, he, he, like, bumps his head on a crate and passes out. Yeah. But not before he shoots a hole in the bottom of the train, which then destroys the magnetic coupling or whatever and the train car is going haywire and zeta uh, has to like get roe out of there and save west and then roe has to go back a and, and save a dog and who she's seen just fucking petting for a few seconds i know it, like, instead the, of trying to escape it, that's part of the problem with the show is that they don't do action very well no and, and i at least felt like in the last episode the action was done okay and no, was, I'd, I'd agree with that and there was a sense of stakes to it all the way through whereas this really doesn't have it and you get to that end and zeta's trying to rescue Roe from the other train car and he extends his arms they only go so far she's not willing to jump to grab them so then instead no, he hold on they don't only go so far because well, in the beginning of the show we see him reach probably 40 to 50 feet to grab a to grab a blimp yes uh okay there's one let's say we forgot about that so now we're back at the scene where he's trying to grab her it's like i can't reach any further i'm sorry okay let me reach a little further to the left and just grab the whole train car yes and also i'll extend my body to show you i can do that yes uh and uh okay that's fine uh but can't reach you i'm sorry maybe he's it's so infuriating chris maybe he's kind of like roger rabbit who could only take off the handcuffs when in a moment it was funny it's funny like yeah. zeta can only overextend himself in a moment where it's really perilous yeah like it was already perilous i know but even more so <laughs> it's so dumb Chris, I am aware. I'm aware of how dumb it and is. And then he jumps off onto another train that's going the other way, right? No, it's in the same direction. Okay, but it's okay. Like, they're like heading into the station. And look, it's bad. It's so bad. It's really dumb. It, the whole thing is basically just about how stupid West is. And, and Bennett even makes a comment about how like, oh, like, I'm, you know, I don't know what I'll do when I finally catch up with West. But there's never any resolution to that story. We never see any payoff of like why Bennett or why West isn't fired. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think I have the answer. Okay. So we made a comment about this too, that we speculated that maybe he might be related to the flash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, Maddie even sent me one of the, um, watchtower database videos where they're doing fan theories, mm-hmm. you know, so it's James and Ted talking about different fan theories. One of them, of course being is, 
Agent West related to Wally Wally. West. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's there's not a lot to go off of in the same name, same voice actor, kind of similar same hair color. Yeah. So my thinking is, is that Agent West is Wally's like nephew, yeah, or something like that, right? So I think what happened is at some point during the Flash's career, he saved the life of a NSA agent who then later went on to become like a department head like a yeah. field Bennett's op- boss yeah Bennett's boss and so West is only there because his boss's boss is like is indebted to the flash exactly yeah yeah and he can't fire West because he doesn't want to I mean the flash is long gone at this point but doesn't want to piss him off yeah get the nepotism going on we got to keep him around yeah this is my only answer I could possibly think of I mean at the end of the episode we did get like a little, not not payoff in that sense, but payoff in the sense of like West is kind of understanding that Zeta isn't evil. Yeah, he's like, oh, like how did I get off the train car? Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, the dog must have saved me. God, God, this fucking episode was so no, I bad. I, Sorry. Uh, the motorcycle's back up again. I'm actually going to cut this one out. Now you can't cut it out. Oh my god, how long are you going to idle? Just drive off. Just go away. Leave us in peace. I don't think I can hear us over there, boys. There he goes. Uh, When that episode came out, like it was a nonstop bit, the South Park episode. Oh my God, yeah. uh, To the point where when I was still living at my frat house, um, my good friend at the time, housemate Kevin, was up in the front room and we were both in the house and a motorcycle went past me really loud. Like, rah, rah, rah. And rah, this, rah, rah, rah. at the same time, we ran from opposite ends of the house towards each other, met in the middle, went, good times. But okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, two points here. I thought there was some noteworthy things happening. Were there? There were. Okay. A couple please things. enlighten me. Uh, one, I thought Zeta's disguise escaping from Ben initially was kind of clever. So they reach up and jump on the side of a uh, an advertisement blimp, and it's a sunscreen ad. And so Zeta takes on the shape of himself, basically, but like super buff and shirtless. And then he holds up Ro, who's crashed down into a ball, and she looks like a beach ball. Mm-hmm. I thought that was actually kind of a clever... It, it is It is nice to see them like extending his, his power that now he can transform her as well, yeah. as long as they're touching. Yeah. That doesn't make any damn sense. Nope. But, you know, at least at least it's a little bit of a different thing. And then also I found that at one point um, Bennett actually made a good call. Did he? Yes. By telling Wes not to do anything? One, that. But two, um, it's rather than try and chase after Zeta while down the train, he's like, let's dispatch forces to the location they're going to. Let's intercept them there. Yeah. And then he... Subsequently makes many terrible decisions. Fenton City. Yes. And then and then goes back on that plan. Yes. Uh, named after the Fentons, clearly, from... Yeah, Danny Phantom. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, this show came out first, but let's headcanon that as being a thing. I was... I Honestly, I paused the episode and Googled any connection between any of the writers and Butch Hartman. Couldn't and find anything. Couldn't find any. So, look, but, but I th- I'll get those two little, little small 
bits of credit there. Um, also, we've we've learned more things about the future here. Mm-hmm. We have learned that newspapers still exist. Print newspapers. Thank God. Still a thing. Uh, we learned that there are over 20,000 channels in the future, at least when you're staying in a motel. That's a lot of channels. I feel like even now we're still only hovering around like a few hundred. No, we have we have like 5,000. Okay. It's not 20,000. It's not 20, but we're not there yet. That's true. In the future, we'll have 20,000 different streaming services. We're all paying five ninety nine for a month. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we learned that blimps still exist. Thank God. Yeah. I that, mean, that was my big fear. Yeah. I mean, I love that carries through because, I mean, there are basically almost no blimps in our real world. But in the world of Batman the Animated Series, blimps are a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad they're still there. Well, it's because, I mean, it's it makes sense for that, that world then. Yeah. Well, how do you evolve a blimp? Like, what's the next stage of blimp technology? Just faster? Collapsible blimps? Like, instant yeah. collapse, instant inflate blimps? Yeah, what if it was... a? Te- what if you could do, like, personal blimps? <gasps> where it just kind of, like, comes from the roof of your car? And you just kind of... Like, that, that's how we make... That's how we make hover cars? Yeah, they're all just blimps? Blimp cars? Yeah. Oh, I'm so on board. Yeah, I think we could do that. Like... Blimp lifts. Oh yeah, like your your blimp lift is here. Mm-hmm. They have to throw they throw a rope ladder down. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. I would absolutely do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, but a blimp pool. Mm. Mm, no. I don't want to share my blimp with anyone. No hell no. Yeah. It's my own private blimp. Unless it's just everyone just hangs from the ladder. <laughs> and just like every, like it's like hop on hop off. Yeah. Blimp. Oh, I'm so down. Yeah. Let's just replace all public transit. With hop on hop off blimps, yeah, we could catch a blimp down to Disneyland. We could get. I think that'd be the best strategy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Can you imagine how magical that would be if you're like hanging out in Disneyland and there's just constantly blimps overhead. Mm-hmm. And then, well, they would make the mirrors or the the windows have. Um, it'd be a transparent LED screen, and so that as you're flying, <laughs> you can see the characters like like the flying characters fly next to you. So like you see uh, Peter, Wendy, Michael, and yes. George, no. <laughs> Peter, Wendy, Michael. Is it George? I, I'm gonna go with George. Is it George? Yeah. I remember the dog's name's Nana. Nana. Poor Nana. Poor Nana. Poor it's George. Nana. Yeah. Um, you see them flying next to you. Um, <laughs> uh, and that could be really cool. You have yeah. Tinkerbell at night. Yes. Kind of, kind of like keeping the blimp afloat. Disney, make blimps, please. <laughs> please do it. Mm-hmm. Well, because they have—they don't have a Disney World. They have the the Skyline system. The what? Um, so it's basically a giant, um, like multi-mile. What what are those? What are what are those things called? Monorails. Uh, nope. Uh, they used, like um, uh, they the, used to have them in Disney Disneyland years and years and years and years and years ago. People, not people mover, but the other one where you're in like a cable car. Yes, cable cars. Yeah, there's a multi mile cable car that connects all the hotel, basically all the hotels, uh, to all of the parks now. Wait, so are you saying that you can get around Disney World by land, sea, and air? You can. I want to go to Disney World. Think of a magical thought. Any little thought? Any happy little thought. Don't worry, I won't subject anyone else to my singing. Again. Um, <clears throat> what else did I have? Oh, okay. I did have some more questions. Okay. All right. Shouldn't Zeta be able to understand colloquialisms? And like turns a phrase? Yes. Because he's an infiltration robot. So mm-hmm. he should be able to emulate human behavior. Or, and even if that means being able to like pick up 
a phrase, even if he doesn't know what it means, be able to like dissect it via context and regurgitate it. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't he be able to do that as a really good infiltration robot? Yes. Okay. But as we've learned, he's not a great infiltration robot. No, he's not. Yeah, because he doesn't understand what the phrase, like, stop and smell the roses is. And apparently his olfactory senses, which why the hell would he need those? Ah, uh, bomb sniffing. All makes sense now. Um, are on the top of his head, which also seems very impractical. Mm-hmm. Like Especially for bomb sniffing. Yeah, like, you would think he would be able to just, like, extend out, like, his hands and, like, yeah. smell things from a yeah, distance. Yeah, the same way that uh, the new Batman suit has the, the fingertip mics. Yeah. Yeah. He has all five sensor, all five, yeah, sensory nodes in each finger. Yes, that would make so much more sense. Yes. Mm. Uh, oh, and then are Zeta's projections hard light constructs or no. not? It seems like they are sometimes, sometimes they're not. So, for example, in the last episode, when he impersonates the daughter, mm-hmm. Dominique, he kisses one of the guards in the cheek. Yes. So, clearly, <clears throat> the guard must have felt the cheek mm-hmm. or felt the kiss also in a different point rose able to like grab zeta's jack and pull yeah but that 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 one we can't even talk that one is just pure breaking canon right but because in this one it's well established that they're not hard light because west can do the poke the test poke, yeah now we never actually see him successfully conduct the poke test on zeta mm-hmm. so it's totally possible because we also see when he's smelling the roses it's going through his yes nose. exactly so it's definitely not hard light mm-hmm well, then I don't know what the fuck is happening. Yeah. Maybe... This is the line. This is, I'm done fa- with the show you now. You found the line? You can't maintain Thank consistency God. based on your holographic constructs. Thank God you finally found the line. I'm out. Yeah, good. You can come catch up to me. I'm about a mile past this line. Yeah. <laughs> Taking my, my, my lip blimp. and getting <laughs> the fuck out of here. Uh, okay, all right. Do you have any other notes? Maybe uh, at least one kind of positive thing in there somewhere? Not for this episode. Let me see. Okay. Uh, doesn't know how it's the last episode. Uh, he changes his hair to be an ugly clown hair. Yes. That's bad. She's petting the fucking dog. Uh, he, he, can, he can turn into non-humanoid things. That, that's uh, interesting. That's true, yeah. But not fully, just the head... I mean, I suppose if he got down on all fours, he could have purposated a dog. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, we know he's, he's, uh, and in the sense of being a spy robot, he has a very good vision because he can just see a woman, uh, in the shower in a town they're passing by. That's several hundred yards away. Yeah. At speed, no less. Yeah. That, just that fucking train moment when, when he's trying to grab onto her. I know. It's so infuriating. I, like, I'm, I'm aware. It, it, ah, uh, that one hurt me. This, this show is taking something from me. I don't know what it is. Okay. So, again, I, I will ask, I think, the most relevant question in regards to these episodes. For either one of them, mm-hmm. do you feel they succeed as a kid's cartoon? The former one, yes. It's okay. the first one so far. Okay. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. This, if you're, if you're targeting, like, six-year-olds, sure. Yeah. Like, if you're going for, like, the kid kids. Like, this is the show, this is the bridge show between, like, Nick Jr. and Nick Tunes. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of one of the it's the the introductory show to uh, big kid cartoons. Okay, like middle grade fiction sort mm-hmm. of situation. Yeah, um, that's fair. Oh I, wait, I did have one more note. Okay, I thought it was quite fitting that when West is knocked out and he's like coming to and he's like doing some daydreaming whatever bullshit, he sees himself as the vice president. Mm-hmm. Like, even he is aware on some level that he's so stupid, the only possible role he could have would be the vice president of the United States. Yes. 
Because it also does nothing. Because it does nothing. You are just a purely useless ceremonial role. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's what he wants to be. Yes. It's fantastic. Also, my speculation is that if we jump forward another 20, 25 years into the future... He very much could well be. He is the vice president. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm here for it. Mm -hmm. I'd watch that show. I mean, I wouldn't, but... No. Um... Shall we, uh, that's all I have. Yeah. Should we do some notes from friends then? Please, please tell me someone has something uh, to lift my spirits. Well, I mean, I do want to sort of notes from friends slash plug, but, uh, you know, the guys over at 12th Level Intellect did a video about fan theories, including whether The Flash is the grandfather of Agent West and also whether uh, Mad Stan is Lockup's son. Okay. Which is kind of a fun idea. Yeah. So, I mean, there's not a lot to go off of in terms of, like, actual evidence there, but it's kind of, it's kind of, a, kind of a fun hand cannon. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I did have a, a message from Ashley Clark, and Ashley, I want to apologize for not being super responsive. I've had a very busy week. Your mom was in town. <clears throat> My mom was in town. Mom's yeah, here. it was super fun. She was here. Uh, we, the three of us, went to go see the unofficial musical parody of 10 Things I Hate About You at yes, the Rockwell, which great. was fucking fantastic so fun those shows are so damn funny um so that was spectacular but yes it was a rather hectic weekend uh but ashley did write in to say cameron needs to read the long halloween what what are you talking about is that a comic shit Uh, along those lines, I'm hoping that if Matt Reeves' movie is taking anything from it, they focus more on the noir, gangster, detective aspects. I always thought that The Dark Knight shortchanged us on that front. Also, it would be a way to get into multiple villains without becoming too uh, (laughs) Amazon Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, in regards to Batman, if they're having multiple villains, I hope it means they'll have some gimmick villain fun and it won't be bogged down with 12 origin stories. Uh, but she really wants that long Halloween TV show the most, which is like kind of keep getting thrown around a little bit every once in a while. Uh, or Public Enemies. But more importantly, Cameron. What? Read the fucking long Halloween. Is that a comic? <laughs> I know. I own it. I, it's been sitting on my just, shelf. Just read it. For seven years. It's legitimately one of the best comics I've ever read in my entire life. Yes. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Just do it. But then what are we going to talk about after? I mean, you said the same thing about uh, Hush. Hush. Yeah. And also New Frontier. Yeah. And was I wrong? Those are great comics. They're pretty good comics, yeah. So just read the fucking comic <laughs> book. Fine. Here's, here's what I'm going to say about this. Okay. If you also think Cameron needs to read The Long <laughs> Halloween, uh, not nah. only should you write into it specifically, but you should message him directly on Instagram. Nah. Just say, I'm gonna read do it. The Long Halloween. I'm going to do it. I've I'll, I'll get it in. Don't worry. We're going to spam you until it happens. Sure. Oh, no. I'm <laughs> I'm on board with this. Cameron, what's the one thing in this world I can commit to? Uh, James Bond. No. Game, Even more so than James Bond. Game Nights. No. Lego. Bits. Bits. <laughs> I, there, I have no greater commitment in this world than to bits. Yeah. And this has now become a bit. Mm-hmm. So I hope you're prepared for this. I'm ready. I'm going to spam you so hard about this. But the bit is the fact that I haven't read it. So in turn, by starting a new bit, you are killing a bit. No. This is... I'm going to bit so hard on this that you are going to yield. You're going to relent. Like, <laughs> no, I'm going I'm to read it. It's, it's, I will. it's either 
Read the long Halloween or death. <laughs> you will pray for one or the other by the fine, end of this. Fine. Yeah, I should read the long Halloween. Uh, what, what are your plugs? Uh, there was something that, that that whole spiel reminded me of. And I'm, I'm trying to, I don't remember it anymore, but that's not important. Uh, my plugs are not very happy plugs, unfortunately. I did see Toy Story. Okay. Uh, it's, I'm not going to talk about it too much because you have yet to see it. I have not, no. Yes. Uh, wow, does that movie just take everything from you? Uh, it's a lot. It's it's heavy. It's a it's an intense emotional experience. Mm-hmm. I I will say, as the movie was ending, I saw it by myself out out in uh, out by my office. By the end of the movie, I was curled in a ball, like leaning is basically like lying down in my seat, hugging myself. So like I just need someone to just like see like just the the feel of human touch for a minute, <laughs> just to know that there's people out there in the world. It it's a rough ending. You just need someone to, to just kind of curl up next to you and go, mm-hmm. "Don't worry about a thing." Cause every little every thing. Little thing well, I, was, I was trying to I was trying to shoehorn it into right. you've got you've got a friend in me. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. Um, I just want an excuse to destroy more people's ears. I will say the the Randy Newman song in this one is so just like Randy, what are you doing? Kind of song. I don't remember exactly what Fucking. it's about, but it, it's it's about like the twenty thirty minute mark, uh, and he's it's very much kind of the uh, the Family Guy parody of of oh yeah Randy. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, it's yeah. like Randy Newman does Peter's theme song. Yeah. It's, Walk it's, them down the street. Yeah, it's very much that. Yeah. Where it's like them driving, because, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a road trip movie. Yeah. It's them driving, uh, and it's like, there's a tree, there's another tree on this open road. It's a tree, it's a bird, with a tree and the bird, on the open road. I'm like, oh my God, Randy, you really gave up on this one. <laughs> Like Randy Newman's voice is like someone put a banjo in a dryer. Yeah. Like it's just, I mean, I, I kind of every like now it. and then you get that beautiful note. Yeah. I kind of like it every once in a while, you know. I like me some Toy Story stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I like me some um, Meet the Parents. Yeah. That's pretty good. Didn't he, did he do um, Monsters? I Inc. Love LA. Wasn't oh. that his song too? I have no idea. I love LA. I think so, yeah. Uh, and then my other plug is on Netflix. It's a movie that's been on my list for a while, and I very much regret watching it because it's another one that hurt so much. I'm not usually one for sad movies, mm-hmm. uh, but I was I was trying to get some work done last night, and I'm like, I'm just going to turn this on in the background. It's not a background film at all. Okay. It's a movie called A Silent Voice. It's an anime movie, won a bunch of awards a few years ago when it came out, um, but it's about a a boy man, I guess he's 18, um, having flashbacks to this girl he bullied in elementary school, uh, who was deaf and, uh, him realizing everything they did was wrong, obviously. Uh, and everyone around him had kind of turned against him after this incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the movie starts with him trying to commit suicide. Oh. Uh, <clears throat> and realizing that, no, he has to make things right with the deaf girl before he can go through with it. Okay. Uh, and Jesus, it's fucking heavy. But, I mean, is is it good? Is the, the it's story, a great story effective? Yes. Is it the most? Yes, like, it's, the, it's the a the great, there, great the story. The message is good? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the kid has given himself, or the main character has given himself 
deep, deep social anxiety. Okay. To the point where um, every whenever you're in his point of view, everyone in the world has a giant X over their face because yeah. he can't look people in the eye. Oh, wow. Uh, and so it, it's almost like they're not there to him. That's a really cool visualiz- visualization of that. Yeah, thing. and so then once he kind of like makes a friend, you see, you, you, it never pans up to the face. It's still looking at the floor and you see the X drop. And then the camera pans up and you can Aww. see the person's face. Yeah, and that that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, the story's great. Uh, but it's just like, I, I finished... It, it's a long, it's a two hour movie. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last 20 minutes, it gets real, real emotional. And so I'm not in my chair anymore. I'm sitting on a pillow on the floor, hiding behind my, my, uh, desk chair. Yeah. Just like peeking through to watch the rest of this film. Oh my God. So I'm like, I can't do it. I can't finish this film, Aww. but I got through it. It's a real, if you, if you want to watch it, it's a real deep dive. Yeah. Deep, deep dive. And then the last like three or four minutes, it, it picks its, it pulls, pulls out of that head, okay. the, that nose dive. So, but it's worth watching? I would say yes, it's worth watching. Okay. It's a very pretty film. Okay, well, good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. It's uh, a silent voice. Yes. Right? All right. Mm-hmm. It's oh. on Netflix. Oh, look at you having all these emotional experiences. I don't like it. No. I don't like it at all. No, emotion is the worst. That's why I avoid them. Yeah. I'm going to go switch to like a fucking... This, what's the dumb? I'm gonna go watch King of the Hill. That's the most just like emotionally <laughs> like mellow Level, show you could ask yeah, for. Yeah, that's a fair compromise. Yeah. What have you been watching, listening, reading? I started watching The Brave and the Bold. Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. Yes, 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 yes. Um, talking about shoehorning in a bunch of villains. I love the way Brave and the Bold sets it up where it yeah. always starts with a villain. Yeah. It's like the end of a fight. Exactly. It always starts in media res with him and a villain and uh, one Someone. of the other heroes. Mm-hmm. One of the other heroes. It's a really fantastic show. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was always kind of skeptical of it because it just looked very childish. Mm-hmm. Quite the opposite. It's really, really intelligent. The storytelling is super fast and super efficient because it's a little bit playful and a little bit meta they're able to just go to really big places really quickly and yeah. just kind of play it off. Also, Aquaman. Oh, he's the outrageous. Outrageous. Have you met Buona Beast yet? Yes. Yes, he's he's the best one. Yeah, who just like mashes up two random animals together. Yep. Yeah, it's it's so funny, and especially Aquaman. I love that John DiMaggio does the voice. I mean, John DiMaggio, very prolific voice actor. I'd say most famously known for being Bender. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> or... or uh, Jake the dog from Adventure Time. Okay, that too, I guess. Yeah. I don't watch that. Neither do I, but that's probably okay, more yeah. popular than Futurama now. How dare you, sir? I don't want to say it. Oh, Futurama's so good. But mm-hmm. anyways, but th- that show is so incredibly fun. Mm-hmm. And it's such a good intro to Blue because I knew because I watched that obviously before Young Justice. Yeah. And the way they set up Blue Beetle yeah. made me so prepared for Young Justice's Blue Beetle. Yeah, I mean, they, and they have that great episode where they acknowledge what happened to the Ted Cord Ted Blue Cord, Beetle, yeah. too. And um, no, I've been really, really impressed with it. It's, it's kind of... It's a nice antidote in some ways to the DCAU, almost like a nice palate cleanser, mm-hmm. where I, I think that the DCAU is... It can be very playful at times, but... A, a kind of Zeta aside, it's always made with sort of a kind of sincereness and an earnestness and it's pretty straight. Yeah. 
Whereas Brave and the Bold is super, super playful. It's completely episodic. Yes. Um, so from what I've seen so far, there's really no I don't con- think there's continuity. Ever a, I don't think there's ever like a part two episode. Yeah. It's it's just... Except for character interactions. It's like when you... Yeah, like that's you, true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you see the Aquaman episodes, those are kind of um, uh, serial. Yeah, exactly. Like his, his behavior plays consistent all the way through. Batman and Green Arrow always have. Yeah. It's a great episode with the two of them and Etrigan. Yes. And I, and, and, I uh, love Morgan Etrigan. I love Etrigan. Same. Um, and so it's, I've been really, really impressed with, with the show. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. I, you mean, you remember how hard I was plugging it when we first started the podcast? Oh, I know. And then it just disappeared for a long time because it went off Netflix mm-hmm. and then now it's back up on, uh, DC universe. Please send us money. Yes. Sponsored. Um, yes. Sp- sponsored. sponsored. DC yes. Please, 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 please send us money. Um, but no, no, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also went and saw, and you'd be very proud of me, oh. Princess Mononoke. You did see Princess Mononoke. I did. Uh, my That's f- anime. It is kind of. It's, what do you mean, kind of? But I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't fall into the anime tropes that I despise. And that still makes it anime. But like, but the 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 hyperbolic nature that I don't like in a lot of anime is like in almost every single anime. I, I listed like six in the beginning of this episode. Do you know how quickly I forget things? Yes. Anime is not. So here's the argument. Anime oh, is not a genre. Like a lot of people it. say it is. Anime is its, it's own a medium. Art form. Yes. yes, I'm aware. But I would say that. So how dare you bundle them all up but together? I would say that there is a visual consistency to a lot of anime that often involves the very hyperbolic animation. The stuff style. that makes it to America. Yes. Because most of it is from Shonen. Battle oh. anime. God, okay. You have fine. your magic girls, but there's so many other genres. Okay, w- fine, fine. We'll call it anime. But your line, April is a great one. It's about a euphonium play. Not a euphonium. That's a different. That's a different show. Fuck the euphonium. <laughs> there's a whole. Okay. Lot, there's a whole. No, lot no, no. Hang on. My turn for a tangent. <laughs> okay. Fuck the euphonium. In the sixth grade, I tried to play the trumpet and I couldn't hit the high notes. So my goddamn music teacher, who was a huge bitch, I'm not the only one who ever said this. Made me switch over to the euphonium. So fucking sixth grade Chris, so I'm what, like 11-year-old Chris, is having to drag out, drag around this massive instrument that is three quarters of my size yep. and play it on the weekends. I fucking hate the euphonium. Okay, well, I, I won't pitch the euphonium anime. That Do does, not. That does exist. No. I, I will say there is, a, there is a specific euphonium anime. Well, That's great. I can appreciate the fact hilarious. that anime has gotten so niche, but I've already had too much euphonium in my life. That's fine. All the euphoniums can fuck off. Mm-hmm. That's totally fine. What were we talking about? Anime. Oh, Princess Mononoke. Yes. What so, did you think of it? It was lovely. It's great, right? <laughs> no, it genuinely was. Like, I am... Um, I have no idea what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. I think it's mythology is very deep and very complicated and not always explained particularly well. Mm-hmm. But even though I wasn't sure what was going on and maybe some, what some of the character motivations were, I wasn't super bothered by it because I got the gist of it. And I basically just, if I had any questions, I basically just went, fuck, whatever. Don't worry about that. Just enjoy yourself. Yeah. I think the story is fantastic. That movie is gorgeous, beautiful. Mm-hmm. The animation in that movie is truly breathtaking. Like you know, mostly through knowing you and our friendship, I've learned how challenging animation can be, mm-hmm. and it made me appreciate how hard it must have been to animate that movie. Yeah. Um, also, it was made what 1997, 97, 99? something like that. Yeah. Like 
I would never have guessed that. It holds up so well. Um, and, you know, and a lot of the messages, because it, it is essentially a movie about, yeah. um, you know, saving the environment and mm-hmm. protecting it and the, the dangers of industrialization. And, you know, it's even more prescient now, I think, than it was when it was made. Um, and I, I was... Well, I mean, that's an undertone in almost all of Ghibli films. Okay. That's uh, good to know. He, he's a very, very... So Ghibli is famous for his work ethic. Miyazaki. He, sorry, yeah. Miyazaki is famous for his work ethic, where he spends, you know, six days a week intense drawing. and Because yeah. he, he still animates most of the scenes. Oh, my God. He's still a key animator. Uh, and then on the seventh day... He rests. He does not rest. Damn he, it. He goes to the local river and cleans it out. Every, yeah. Every week, he cleans the river. Oh, my God. He's, su- he's such an environmentalist. On such a beautiful, beautiful level. Is he just like low key on Keanu Reeves level of amazing? I probably. I mean, I, I, I don't know a lot about his work ethic. I think he. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he's like impossible to work with. But he's just like so giving to the world. Yeah. He's also tried to retire multiple times. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, but anytime he tries to retire, someone tries to make a movie without him, and he goes, "No, no, no." We're doing it my way. Yeah. Look, I mean, this movie made me want to go watch more of his stuff. Yeah. Um, I can make a list for you. Please do. Yeah. Ponyo is great. I know. Um, yeah. Our, our friend Jason has also offered to like start watching some stuff with me. Because I know I was, I was super impressed with the movie. I was impressed by his work. Um, you know, I, I want to go watch Mononoke again. Mm-hmm. And I definitely want to watch the rest of his stuff. And and also, the conditions in which I watched it weren't ideal. So it was over at Cinespia, which is when they project movies on to the side of one of the big buildings at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those of you who are aghast at the idea, we are not sitting on top of people's graves. You needn't worry. Um, but, I mean, you're outside. It's cold. There's people walking around and milling about. But, mm-hmm. you know, the sound quality is pretty good. And, you, you know, some of the, the screen is a little obscured. But um, I was worried that I wouldn't enjoy it as much knowing I was seeing it in such a weird context, but I was still really, really impressed by it. Mm-hmm. So. Was it, uh, I assumed it was dubbed, right? It was the dub, and it's a good dub. Okay, yeah. I, Gillian I, Jacobs. That's right, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Gillian Anderson. Gillian Anderson. Yes. Uh, Not and then, the one I And Billy Crudup, who I've always really appreciated. Who's that again? Uh, he does the, the main character's voice, and then he was Dr. Manhattan. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays the son in Big Fish. Still have not seen. Just, just it's on uh, HBO. I just put it on my oh, queue. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one more that was coming to mind. Oh, he plays another IMF agent in Mission Impossible Three. All one I haven't seen. Uh, really? Yeah. It's the second. I thought I've heard that was the worst one. It's the second worst one. Okay. I mean, two is bonkers. Two, I have no memory of. I know I've watched it. I just have no memory of it. Three is good. It just. It, and it sets the tone going forward, and there's a lot of key stuff that happens to it. But, I mean, it's it's not as good as the rest of them. Yeah. It's not on par with the rest. But it's pretty solid. But I always like Billy Crudup. It's, it's an all-star cast. Like, fucking Billy Bob Thornton's in there. Well, yeah, I mean, the the dubbing is done through Disney. Oh. Yeah, so Disney has uh, distribution rights over Ghibli. That makes sense. Yeah. Makes Isn't that crazy? Oh, wait. Does that mean we'll ever maybe see Studio Ghibli stuff at Disneyland? Uh, no. Oh, that's, a, that's too bad. Um, but yeah, so I watched that and the last plug I have, uh, is also a bit of a self plug mm. because I watch, how dare you? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Thanks for listening guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. After all the random <laughs> tangents I allow. You partook in most of them. Sorry. Continue. 
I watched Chasing Amy for the first time. Yeah, it's great. Recently. Uh, yeah, I watched it for Gay Part Forge. Of the, uh, the View Askew universe. Yes. which I, So I have seen, of his work, I've seen Dogma, Clerks 2. Have you not seen the original Clerks? I've not seen the original Clerks. Wow, it's, it's worth a watch. I do need to watch it. Um, I've seen Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Mm-hmm. And now this. So you... so. All you're missing is clerks and um, mall rats. Mall rats, which is my favorite one of the of the universe. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've heard good things. Um, Stan Lee's in it. That's true, as himself. Yeah. And oh yeah, because he's reading the mall rat script mm-hmm. in Captain Marvel. Yeah. But um, I was really, really impressed by the movie. So the way this all came about is, uh, I mean, it's not an episode of Tim Talk if we don't mention Maddie Washburn. Yes. But Maddie was kind enough to also start listening to Gay It Forward, and he listened to an episode and uh, posted on message on Twitter uh, that another filmmaker he follows, uh, Savannah Rogers, that she should come on to the podcast on Gay It Forward and talk about Chasing Amy because Savannah is making a documentary about it called Chasing Chasing Amy. Mm-hmm. And Savannah immediately messaged me. and was like, hey, let's make this happen. LA Local uh, came over, recorded an episode with Jonathan and I. Was so much fun. Uh, Savannah's absolutely awesome. We went and grabbed drinks the next night. We're actually hanging out again uh, the day this comes out. And I mean, not only was the podcast super fun getting to hang with her, but just I was really impressed by the movie. Like, I went into it thinking, okay, this was May of the 90s. It's the only thing I heard about it was, oh, it's a movie where Ben Affleck turns a lesbian straight. Mm-hmm. It is not that. It is actually so much more complicated than that. It's really ahead of its time in its portrayal of like bisexuality and pansexuality. Yeah. Just, and I, I can totally understand the criticism of sure the time was we finally got a lesbian on screen and then she's not a true, tried and true lesbian. Mm-hmm. And I, because this is also a year after Ellen. Yes. So there just wasn't a lot of good lesbian representation yet. And in the same way that, you know, if this were a gay male character in a similar sort of plot and there had been a lack of gay representation, which there was at the time as well, I could see where the backlash would come from. Is there, is there, there has to be a movie where a girl turns a guy straight. That there's no way there's a '90s film where that Not that isn't the plot. that I'm aware of. I mean, in my best friend's wedding, they pretend that Rupert Everett is straight. Mm-hmm. I've never actually seen all of that movie. I've never I haven't seen I it. Watch it at some point. Oh, Gate Ford episode. Um, I don't know. There must be that trope out there. There somewhere, has to but be. I don't. I don't know. But I mean, at the same time, like, I think that feels a little bit less likely because pretty much. Almost all movies are about the guy getting the girl, mm-hmm. not the other way around. And to be fair, I am not lumping. Hey, now, chasing... George of the Jungle with Brendan Fraser. I love that movie. Yeah, I know me too. Yeah. I mean, that's like Brendan Fraser at near peak hotness. Mm-hmm. Just the hair doesn't do it for me. But that body, perfect. Um, but I'm, I'm not throwing Kevin Smith into that same group. Because, you know, his story actually is, has really fantastic portrayal of pansexuality, of kind of closeted homosexuality, about, um, you know, queer people of color. It's really, really fantastic. I I was surprised by how little criticism I had of it at the end of the day. Um, Yeah, so if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend going to watch it. I think it's about to go off Netflix. So if you're going to watch it, get it in there soon. And then, you know, maybe... 
listen to an episode of Game Four. Feel like it. Maybe if you got a little time, like oh, like that was you know a really good movie. I would love to hear some more from Chris about his thoughts on it. Uh, go check out that episode of Game Four. Also, it's worth it because, like I said, Savannah is uh, super fantastic and um, worth listening to for that alone. Yeah. So, but yes, my self plug over and done with at this point. No, I'm glad you plugged it. I, I for, I'd forgotten you'd done that. I forgot that's what you're plugging. What other self-plug was I going to have? I don't know. I don't do anything else with my life. I podcast. <laughs> self-plug. Ba- uh, my mom was it. here. Yeah. <laughs> self-plug. I bought a rabbit. Um, uh, bought a rabbit? Some, some people out there will get that reference. I'm not going to elaborate further. I mean, the, the white rabbit in the Matrix. I'm not going to go. Thanks yeah, for listening, yeah. everybody. <laughs> if you want to find us, where can they find um, us, Chris? But if you want to reach out to us, uh, wait, what was the thing we said up front? What was the thing we wanted to know? Oh, uh, if you have a good suggestion for a Keanu Reeves MCU casting. Yes, or, or DC casting. Or DC casting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, reach out to us. I'm at still t- very, very plugging for Etrigan. I like that. I think, I, I, I think that actually be a pretty good one, yeah. Um, if you concur... If you have other ideas, you can find us at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. Yes. Uh, I am personally at Lordifer, where I will be posting, I have yet to do it, but some more stuff from Star Wars Land. I yeah. Sit down and finally get all that curated it. stuff up there with some really fun photos. Um, but yeah, that's all up on mine. And then if you want to tell Cameron that he needs to read Long Halloween, where can they find you, Cameron? Uh, you can't. <laughs> uh, you, if you want to see my art, I'm about to post a new Disney video. <gasps> you can find that at Cameron.Dexter. And if you want to see my face, which is Wait, incredibly sorry, uh, Cameron, uh, there's no self-plugging on this podcast. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Yes. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> uh, if you want to see my incredibly sunburnt face and incredibly sunburnt everything. Everything? Uh, Did you get the full body sunburn? Almost. Taint and all? Almost. Not taint. Um, How small was the bathing suit you were wearing at the beach, Cameron? Who said I was wearing a bathing suit? Well done. Uh, no normal size bathing suit. Uh, if you want to see, you just my... bought a towel and some stirrups. Yeah. Uh, you can find all those photos at uh, Pornhub.Cameron <laughs> <laughs> at uh, Instagram at. Uh, Actually, it would be an ol- it would be an OnlyFans account. A what? OnlyFans. I don't know that one. Oh, is that does that not extend beyond the gays? I I don't know. I don't I don't have a deep dive into the the it, it's the basically OnlyFans only is the new porn disruptor. So basically maybe it's only the gays that do it, but a whole bunch of gay porn stars or Instagram models or whatever have started moving over to OnlyFans as a way to get their content out there. Is that porn Patreon? Basically, yeah. Like nice. you ba- you just sign up to do like monthly contributions to their account and they'll like, they have it tiered out. So there's any different things. So but it's but porn it's, Patreon. It's, it's porn Patreon. Yeah. Cool. Yes. I, I much prefer the name porn Patreon. I agree. Let's go with porn Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than your porn Patreon account, where are you? Uh, you can find uh, other things at camdexter underscore adventures. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we will be back next week with yet more Zeta. Oh boy. Cannot yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. going to be great. Sure. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.